You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 555 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It is Friday evening. It's a Saturday morning. The original plan was to record this podcast in State Farm Arena, but it was a little bit too loud. They have some uh, arena work to be done because the Hawks play again on Sunday afternoon. In between, there is a concert at State Farm Arena, so plenty of uh, work being done behind the scenes, and uh, you'll have to stick with me here for my normal, I guess, quote, studio, end quote, (laughs) podcast set up here on a Friday night in my home. But uh, we're back to talk about what happened on Friday between the Hawks and the Blazers. A 118 to 98 loss for Atlanta. Um, not the best game in the world for the Hawks, including some uh, post game thoughts from Lloyd Pierce that was, uh, you know, he seemed like he was not um, particularly thrilled with the way they played in the game overall. We'll talk more about that in a moment. There was a little bit of news to hit on on this fine podcast. And that uh, first thing is that Deontay Davis had a second 10 day contract announced on Friday. I reported that a little bit before the news hit, actually, the day before that the Hawks were, were going to be doing that. No big surprise, and he, he actually played um, a pretty significant role, actually, on um, on Friday night. You know, 10-day contracts are largely, I will say, um, I don't want to say inconsequ- inco- inconsequential, but one of those things where they're not exactly hugely impactful most of the time, so no real big harm done. I think Davis has not particularly impressed um, me to this point, but at the same time, he is young and has a pedigree and all that stuff, so no, no real uh, harm to the Hawks bringing him back for 10 more days. Also, I reported this earlier in the week, but uh, sources have told me, and uh, this is a sourced report from me, which is not always what happens, but a source tells me that the Hawks have very strong interest in Isaac Humphreys, and they're likely to assign him to a contract in the very near future. Humphreys was in Erie this season with the Bayhawks as part of the G League roster. He is former, formerly of Kentucky before that, an Australian big man, actually spent a year after he left Kentucky in Australia playing in the NBL. He was the rookie of the year in the NBL, so keep an eye on that in the future, and I did, I did tweet about that, so not hugely breaking on this podcast news, but something to keep an eye on in the future. But for now, we know that Davis is going to be back officially on a, on a second 10-day contract that started actually today with the game against against Portland, and uh, keep an eye on, on, Isaac, on Isaac Humphreys in the next couple of days. Um, so, with that said, let's get to the game here. The Hawks entered this contest as about two and a half point underdogs at home. They actually opened about three and a half or four, and then uh, that number came trickling down despite the fact that Torian Prince missed this game with a foot issue. Boy Pierce told the media before the game that um, they basically that Prince had, does not have a serious injury or serious uh, worry of his foot. It was originally he was listed as doubtful. And, when, and it was ruled out later on in the day. Uh, looks like he might be able to return on Sunday, so not a huge long-term thing, and they wanted to be cautious with him at this point in the season, which makes sense considering there's not too much to play for at this point. But that actually thrust Justin Anderson into the starting lineup. A lot of people were sort of question that move. I do think it's worth pointing out, again, as I've said a couple times in this podcast this season, Lloyd Pierce does not like starting DeAndre Bembry very much. They've talked about how they like him off the bench all season long. 
And the other option would have been Kent Bazemore, who's really struggled recently. So I had no real big issue with them going to Anderson, of course, who I love <laughs> more than most. But um, also in that same vein, Portland has two uh, starting forwards that are in that 6'8 range with Mo Harkless and uh, Alfred Camino. So they're a little bit bigger than your traditional team would be right now at, at the three spot. And that kind of lends itself to Anderson as well. So we'll talk more about that as we get going. But I wanted to get that out of the way now is that Prince was not available in this game. And for Portland, no CJ McCollum and no Yusuf Nurkic based on injury that those guys have had. Um, to the game itself, a uh, interesting back and forth in the early going. A lot of offense in the first quarter, and a lot of it was Trey Young and Dame Lillard. Um, in the first, I guess, minute, minute or so of the game, Trey Young found John Collins for an alley-oop and hit a 30-footer or so. In fact, Young had his Young had at least one foot on the Pac-Man logo. That was an absolute bomb in the first minute of this game to sort of set the tone offensively. And uh, just for a matter of record, Young was, Young was responsible either scoring or passing for the first nine points of the game, and that continued to be a, a theme throughout the early portion of this contest. A 7-0 run from the Blazers to take control to at 20-11, and from there it was basically all Blazers all the time for the rest of the night, honestly. They led the entire rest of the way. It was pretty rough, a pretty rough opening for, for non-Collins, non-Young members of the Hawks, pretty quiet in the first quarter. In fact, Collins and Young combined for 21 of the first 25 points. Everybody else was pretty shaky, but uh, Young was fantastic offensively in the first period with 18 points, the highest scoring first quarter of the season for Trey Young. He played the entire quarter, which was definitely noteworthy. It's not something that you would see normally from Lloyd Pierce and Trey Young, but he had it going, so they let, they left him out there, which is probably a smart move in a lot of ways. 18 points on 6 of 8 shooting, got to the line and finished well there. And uh, on the flip side, though, the defense was really struggling big time for Atlanta. In the first quarter, the they allowed the Blazers to shoot 70% from the floor, 70% in the first quarter, on their way to a 149 offensive rating. Damon Lillard had 18 points of his own, so he and, he and Trey were going back at each other a lot in that first period. The Hawks were good on offense, but still trailing by eight points because of the fact that they, they just couldn't get stops in the first period. Um, from that point forward, the defense was a little bit better, but the offense was not nearly as good as it was in the first quarter. Um, the second quarter was kind of uneventful with Young and Lillard on, on the bench for the most part, in the early going at least after they had gone back and forth with each other in the first. But Vince Carter hit back-to-back threes to get the Hawks back within five, about midway through the period. The Blazers, though, did restore order pretty quickly with a 5-0 run of their own to go back up, back up by 10. Other than that, the biggest highlight of the second quarter was an incredible block from Justin Anderson to stop a lob at the end of the half. Um, did not end up being a huge moment in the game considering the final score, but that was an awesome defensive play from Anderson, who I love, of course. Um, the Blazers cooled off considerably, which was sort of sort of allowing the Hawks to stay engaged. Atlanta was still down by 9 at the half, but it could have been much worse had, had Portland not shot the ball 9 of 26 in the second quarter. Trey had 20 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists at the half, but the Hawks' offense really struggled with a 104 offensive rating. Only 3 turnovers, which is nice to see. If you're trying to find some positivity, it was uh, basically based on Trey and the lack of turnovers in this game offensively, but not too much to speak about positively there. From there, the third quarter, um, a nice stretch when Anderson and Hunter and Anderson and Herter, I should say, hit back-to-back threes to cut the margin from 11 down to five at 72-67. That kind of gave the Hawks some uh, life um, in their sails. But from there, uh, the biggest run of the game happened from Portland, a 16-0 run to take a 21-point lead from the Blazers. Uh, most of that was, was with Trey Young on the bench, which was not a huge coincidence considering he was the only offensive engine the Hawks had in this game. In fact. At the end of the game, Trey was minus five in a 20-point loss, and that was pretty indicative. The Hawks were nearly break-even with Trey on the court, and they were not even close with him off the floor, and uh, that was not a huge surprise there. 
Uh, Carter did, did hit a three out of the timeout to get the Hawks going a little bit back again, and Trey actually sat for a long time um, in that third quarter. The Hawks they, they got, it, got it back to 10 at 92-82 in the fourth quarter, but then a 5-0 run immediately from Portland in the fourth with, with the help of an awful turnover from Kent Bazemore. It was a bad pass there. And then uh, with 13, uh, got, got, got back got back to about 13 with six minutes to go, had it to 11 with five minutes to go, but then a 5-0 run from there, including a dagger three from, from Dame Lillard, and then they pushed it back to the final margin of 20. So just uh, big picture stuff here offensively. Atlanta's offense really struggled in this game. A 97.2 offensive rating is really, really bad in today's NBA, obviously. Um, 40% from the floor, 20, 24% from three, 9 of 38 from beyond the arc, 20 assists. Lloyd Pierce was critical of his team's offensive performance in a lot of ways, just not moving the ball very well. Point out the fact that only 20 assists is not going to be acceptable for this team. They have to pass the ball better than that. Uh, he did mention that 38, 38 three-pointer attempts is enough, but they were not the quality of attempts that, that they normally are looking to get. I just kind of mentioned the flat, stagnant performance offensively, and I would echo that. Uh, without without Trey's explosion in the first quarter, it, w- it would have been even worse. And if you just remove that from the equation or even just sort of stabilize that a little bit, Atlanta's offense really, really struggled. There was not too many uh, bright spots in that area of the game. Defensively, they were not quite as bad. You know, the first quarter was pretty ugly, but after that, they actually played decent defense. Just didn't matter because of the offense. A 117 defensive rating is still bad on the whole, but um, after the first quarter, it was much much better than that. Um, still w- worth pointing out that it was uh, not not exactly a positive performance from the Hawks at home against a shorthanded Blazers team. I thought Portland should have been probably a little bit bigger favorite than they were in Las Vegas in, the, in this game, but still not by 20. Um, the Hawks did not play well, and that was kind of the easiest way to put that on this fine evening. We will come back in a moment, talk about the rest of the individual players in this game and how they all fare, but I do want to take a moment to talk, talk to you about the good folks at Wise Cameras because Wise is the indoor camera that, that does it all. Wise is packed with premium features that allow you to see everything from anywhere for only $20 each. It has 10, 1080p full HD, so images are clear that you'll, ne- that you'll never miss a thing. And on top of that, Wise Cameras have night vision and two-way audio with a mission to make amazing smart home products accessible to everyone. You can check on your home anytime with Wise's app, live stream and the stream has eight times digital zoom wise is also a fantastic value at 20 dollars per account. because of that price nothing is too small of a task for a wise cam even if you just want to monitor things take advantage of a free rolling 14-day cloud storage with no subscription fees it works with your mobile phone anywhere and we have, we have a dedicated url just for us so go to wyze.com slash locked to get the guaranteed lowest price one more time, take advantage of the free rolling 14-day cloud storage with no subscription, no subscription, and use our dedicated URL to purchase at wyze.com slash locked. One more time, wyze.com slash locked. All right, we're back to talk about the individual players in this contest. And as I mentioned before, not too much in the way of positivity in this game and the way that all these guys play. We'll start on the bench where things were uneven at best. We'll start on the negative side. Jalen Adams had was minus 15 in 16 minutes. He was by far the worst per minute kind of um, performer, uh, at least on the plus minus side of things. A lot of that was just taking Trey off the floor, but Adams got beat up a little bit defensively. He had, there was one moment when um, he got singled up on Evan Turner, who took him uh, in, in the post and sort of put him away. Uh, Adams wasn't just terrible offensively. He did miss all, all three of his three-point shots, but got, got to the line four times. Um, still not too much of a, of a positive night for Jalen. Kent Bazemore struggled again. 107 from the floor. Two, uh, sorry, 0 of 2 from 3. Three points for Bays. Did have seven rebounds, which was uh, second highest on the team, actually. Um, not which probably just speak to more to the uh, rest of the team not, not playing very well, but Kent continues to really really struggle struggle shooting the ball. The last you know five six seven games, it's all these really struggling offensive games for Bays more efficiency wise. You can't really um, 
talk much more about that. It's just one of those things where he's it's just been ugly. You know, one one of seven tonight. Oh of oh of six against against since New Orleans on Tuesday. One of seven against Philly. Four of nine against Utah, and then uh, a one of six against Orlando. An O of six against Memphis. Just a lot of uh, uneven shooting numbers for Baysmore. A twenty nine percent clip from the floor in March for Kent. That's not going to get it done. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Baysmore when compared to the rest of the world. I think, but at the same time, you just cannot talk around the fact that he's been really, really struggling, and uh, that's worth pointing out again in this spot. Vince Carter um, had, had a couple of big threes. He was the only guy on the bench that really made a huge um, contribution offensively, knocked down three triples at a much-needed time, but it just wasn't enough for this Hawks team. Um, DeAndre Bembry had, had a quiet night. He often has a little bit more verve that he had in this game, a couple of bad turnovers as well, four points, two rebounds, and two turnovers for Bembry in 19 minutes. Um, lastly, Deontay Davis had played 18 minutes. No Alex Len in this game, which was not a huge surprise. Uh, Pierce talked about the game, uh, talked about this before the game, I should say, that they were trying to play Davis a little bit in this game with with some more um, quality players around him. Alex Len had the night off. That was the plan all along. Uh, he was active and available if they needed him to play, but the plan was to go with Davis um, just to have him get some exposure. And Len's apparently been dealing with something that's nagging on, on his body. He was not on the injury report, but something just, you know, this time of year, late late March, no surprise to see someone uh, be taken care of just a little bit here, and they wanted to see Davis, of course, after signing him to the second 10-day. He had six points, four rebounds, a, an assist and a steal. Took a jump shot, which is a weird thing to see from Davis. It's not exactly someone that you expect to be doing that, but did make his other three field goal attempts. I thought he struggled um, in terms of just awareness and stuff defensively at times, and offensively he's not really a huge threat, but did finish around the rim in the way that you would want him to and had the four rebounds, which uh, which is definitely helpful. To the starting five, Justin Anderson was sort of the odd man out in terms of just not playing that much. 24 minutes, 2-7 from the floor, 2-4 of four from three. Going to see him make a couple three. That's always his Achilles heel. Six points, two rebounds, and, and two assists. He struggled in the first quarter. I thought he settled in after that, which was good to see. I had, I had some fear that he would uh, be um, sort of a liability more often in this game. But he struggled in the first, like I thought, five, six minutes. And then from there, played much better. And I thought was pretty confident. And again, made probably the play of the day for the Hawks. Aside from uh, the typical Young and Collins alley-oop uh, connections, which are always fun. Um, Anderson's defensive block at the end of the, at the end of the first half was uh, noteworthy to be sure. Uh, Kevin Herter struggled in this game, five of fourteen from the floor, one of six from three, eleven points, four rebounds, four assists for Herter. He was minus sixteen in thirty-one minutes. Just didn't shoot it very well. Um, didn't um, I thought played very badly aside from that. Like I thought he was pretty respectable on the wings against bigger guys, stronger guys, and Harkless and Jake Lehman. At the same time, I just didn't, just didn't have the uh, verb going offensively in this game. Dwayne Dedman, 3-4 from the floor. Pretty quiet night for Dwayne. Seven points, uh, five rebounds, and two block shots. He was beaten up a little, a little bit by Enos Cantor. Cantor is uh, someone who has a lot of flaws, especially defensively, but he is a huge human being that will beat you up on the inside if you let him do that. He had 14-8, and eight, was plus 21, and Dedman just kind of had to deal with him for the most part. Didn't have too much of an impact offensively. And, the de- and you know, defensively, he, he, held, he held up okay, but wasn't, wasn't a great Dedman night by any means. Uh, the, the two big stars for Atlanta, John Collins, 20 points, only two rebounds. It didn't have a rebound into the second half. That was a weird thing for Collins, kind of just a, a, a luck thing more than anything. I'm not really worried about his rebounding. Obviously, I think he's a little bit overrated as a defensive rebounder right now. He's awesome on the offensive glass, but he's still fine in general on the defensive glass, especially as, as, as a power forward. So no worries in the only two rebounds. There's something to keep in mind because it was not a sort of a weird game. Did have two block shots, including a, a great um, help side block in the first half. You know, his numbers have been up a, a little bit in that range in blocks and steals. He's been more active. I think he's been better defensively over the last couple of weeks, and that continued in this game. 
for the most part. Only one of five from three, though, but was seven of 11 from two point range and made all three of his free throws. You know, I thought Collins was fine. I thought he he wasn't like spectacular by his standards, but 20 points and was pretty, you know, reasonably efficient. Didn't have a bad game at all. And then uh, Trey Young. 26 points, um, but not super efficient in this game. After the explosive first quarter, we had we had 18 points on only eight shot attempts and five free throws. After that, he was uh, really cooled off. After being six of eight in the first on the first uh, quarter, he was four of 17. The rest of the game finished 10 of 25 from the floor. One of eight from three. Five of five from the free throw line was always good to see. Did have nine rebounds and seven assists, though, so the numbers look okay. To be sure, they look probably better than okay. 26, 26, 9, and 7 is just is just fine, obviously. Um, the efficiency is not great, but I thought Young was the only guy on the offense that could really do anything in this game to create for others. He just kind of cooled off after halftime. Lloyd Pierce talked about this after the game as well, just saying, you know, Trey got the same looks he was getting in the first half, just didn't really make them. Missed some floaters, missed some open shots, open threes. And uh, in fact, he made the, he made his first three of the game. It was that it was that bomb I noticed at the, at the very very outset here, about a thirty footer, and then was zero of seven the rest of the game. So he's gonna have some bad shooting nights. It's gonna happen. I thought Trey played pretty well. Just missed some shots in the second half. And he was the only guy again on offense that could really create for his for himself in this spot with, with any consistency. But w- once he cooled off, that was kind of uh, doom for the Hawks because they just couldn't get stops, and the rest of the offense was just sputtering all kinds of the way. So not a bad train night, just more of an inefficient one, and it's going to happen every once in a while. But still, twenty six nine seven can't really argue too much with that, even with the inefficiency. So um, that'll do it for today's podcast. A little bit shorter on this fine uh, Friday evening and Saturday morning because I'll have a, a, another pod coming very very soon. The Hawks play a twelve thirty game on Sunday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time at State Farm Arena. Um, by the research that I got from a good friend of the program at, at ATL Hawks Fanatic that works for me over at PeaceTreeHoops.com, he uh, points out that in, in his database, this is the first time the Hawks have a 12.30 home game since 2003. This is a very rare occurrence. Um, not, not often do the Hawks play this early at a home game, so um, I guess uh, set your uh, DVRs, set your clocks, and get ready to go for that one. Um, and, uh, be, be dialed in because the Bucks are in town. The Bucks are very interesting. Of course, you know, Coach Bud, um, former Hawks head coach, Giannis, all that fun stuff. So uh, plenty to discuss on that particular podcast. But in, in the meantime, please subscribe to this podcast on Himalaya or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Overcast, anywhere you like, anywhere you like, that you like to listen to podcasts. We should we should definitely be there. If we're not there, please let me know that. But take a minute, tell a friend, subscribe, click the button, and uh, we will see everybody on Sunday afternoon.